Hey, welcome back there, freedom lovers. It is Mr. HNT back at headquarters. It's been a long week, I'm not going to lie. It's good to be home. Um, it's always good to go and uh, be productive, but it's always good to come home. So, where are we at today? Well, the world's still crazy. And unless we stay one step ahead, it's just going to consume us. I do want to uh, address something that I had been thinking about all week, um, mostly because of where I was at and what I was doing, but also I think it's important to um, have this conversation, and that is uh, every good offensive plan needs a good defensive plan. Wars are won based on offense, but Unless you have a good defensive plan, uh, you will not fare very well. I mean, we could look at all kinds of examples throughout history and uh, see where that is true and applicable. A good defensive plan needs to have contingency plans. It needs to have fallback positions. It needs to have uh, coordinated, how do I put it, uh, coordinated strikes, um, if-thens, if this happens, then we'll do this. And in many ways, you know, our, our homes and our families are no different. We need to have those conversations with our families about, um, look, this is what I'm thinking. This is what you should be on the lookout for. Um, and I think some call that paranoid, but you know what? The people that do that often fare better than those who are just oblivious. I think we've all heard the uh, color analogy, right? There are people who live in the white zone. They're completely oblivious. They don't know what's going on around them. There are people who live in the green zone. They're a little more aware. They can tell you up from down, left from right, and um, have a, a little bit of situational awareness. Those in the yellow have heightened sense of awareness, situational awareness. They know what's going on around them. They perceive threats and take basic measures to address those threats or, or to mitigate them or to steer away. There's people who live in the red zone. Everything is a threat. Why are you doing that? What are you saying to me? Why is he coming over here? That's a little extreme, and we do need to pop into that red zone sometimes um, I'm not saying that, but to live in red zone constantly is not healthy. And then there are people who are in black zone. They're just so overwhelmed by everything, they can't function. They can't think. They can't act. They don't know what to do. They Those are the thousand-yard stares, the deer in the headlights, people who just can't um, deal with it. So bouncing back between yellow and red is where we want to be. And that's something that uh, you can share with your families, your loved ones, and honestly, just make an assessment for yourself where each of your loved ones are at. Uh, if they're in the white zone, man, you better wake them up. And conversely, black zone people, well, they're not very fun to be around. 
um, or people red zone all the time. You know, that's where we start talking about tinfoil hats and all that kind of stuff. Uh, anyways, um, our homes, which is where we spend most of our time, lately all of our time, it seems like, we need to address uh, threats as we see them, as they come. We can't live in red zone in our homes. It's just not a a uh, way of existence. And I think in order to do that, you have to have an understanding of what is going on in your uh, sphere of influence, in your realm, your neighborhood, your streets, where you frequent, and uh, asking the question why is not a bad thing. Why is he walking that way? Why are his hands in his pockets? That's what keeps uh, cops and military alive, honestly. Uh, Why is X happening? Um, And I think... I'm going deep into thought here um, that there there are things that we can do that keep us sane and not on the um, deep red end of the spectrum um, that afford us a quality of life. Things that we can do around our homes to fortify them, to harden them. And in order to do that, to take those measures... We have to think like a criminal. You have to become, not overtly, but in your mind, you have to become a criminal before you can defeat the criminal. And there's a lot of basic things that people can do that will mitigate or um, lessen the chances of being the victim of a crime in, in or around your home. When, so I was a field training officer uh, in my later years as a cop, and it was staggering the level of, um, what's the word I'm looking for, naiveness that new rookies had. Let's be honest, we hire people to be cops who have a clean record. They're not used to street survival or um, having a lot of street smarts. A lot of people, I mean, honestly, and this is why we teach it in the academy, a lot of people have never been hit before. And so we would box in the academy because there are those people coming into the police force who have never been in a physical fight. And the academy is the first time they've been hit. We hire good people with clean records and People skills, not, you know, people who've been out there thugging and brawling their entire lives. So, um, you know, when I'd get these new rookie cops, I would tell them, look, you've got to start thinking like a criminal if you're going to be effective in this job at all. If you're going to get any results, uh, you need to put yourself into their mindset. And in many ways, you become a part of that world. And just as, uh, well, never losing sight of the fact that just as they're far on the one end of the spectrum bad, you are far into the spectrum good. Um, 
you have to keep that in mind. You can't become them in order to beat them. Uh, you you have to have the same drive and passion, uh, but different motivations. So one of the things that I would do and something I would recommend um, is we would drive down the street and I would say, okay, look, let's find somebody to rob. I want you to plan the perfect mugging, how who you would pick, how you would do it, how you would get away, how you'd live to do it another day. And looking at it through that lens really opened up um, a lot of their eyes. They would point somebody out and I would ask, okay, why would you choose that person? And many times it was, well, they look weak. They're alone. They have a lot of bags or preoccupations. Maybe they're pushing a stroller or have kids or walking a dog or something that effect. Um, they're looking down. They're not looking around. They're pre- they're engrossed in their cell phone or a conversation or something. They're not paying attention. So I can move in quickly, strike, get out, and they would not know who I am. And I'd say, okay, you had your choice of clothing. What would you wear? And I would help provoke their thoughts on what could we do to enhance our getaway. Well, I would layer. I'd wear a hoodie, cover my face, sunglasses, uh, two pairs of shorts if it's summertime, maybe an outer pair of pants if it's not. Um, things I could shed quickly to change my appearance. I lose the hoodie in a, in a alley or a dumpster or behind a building or under a car or something. Uh, and I go from a black hoodie to a white t-shirt instantly. Um, pants, same thing. So then I would ask them, okay, so what is probably not going to change if we're getting a description of somebody who um, robbed a person? Shoes. More often than not, they don't take off their shoes and throw them because they need them kicks to get away, right? So things that you, as a well-informed and protected citizen, can notice, things that don't change facial features, um, facial hair, eyes, hair long, short, if you can see, um, tattoos, if you can see, shoes, good description on shoes, color, tennis shoes, boots, whatever. Things that don't change that will help us to positively identify somebody. So then I would ask, okay, well, where are you going to do this robbery? And the conversation would ultimately come around to uh, somewhere out of sight of others, away from storefronts, back alleys, parking lots. Um, I would scope out where cameras are at. I would try to stay off camera. Uh, I would try and do it near an apartment complex that had friendly people in it that I could hop a fence and disappear quickly into a 200 or 300 apartment uh, complex and be gone forever until... Everything calmed down. Uh, Nighttime, much better. Low visibility. Things that are going to ensure your getaway. Uh, Maybe close to a car waiting by, helping you out. A getaway car, if you will. Um, Near your bicycle. Things like this. And once 
we came, the rookie and I came to that understanding of how we would perpetrate this crime that is committed all the time throughout America, streets in America, we could effectively fight and find where these bad guys might be. We go to the scene of a mugging. We're there minutes later. They've got the drop on us. Okay, it took us five minutes to get here. It took us 10 minutes. What's the radius on that? Um, how far can a person travel on foot in five minutes? Part of my time in the police department, it was spent in the air unit. And this was really big. Perimeters and proximity to the crime was huge. In five minutes, a person, a young man in good physical condition can go near near a mile. So we're talking a mile radius. Um, and if we know a direction to travel, doesn't mean he didn't double back, but it's a good indication of uh, a direction to start. So five minutes on foot is a mile to 10 minutes. You're looking at two mile radius to start looking. Um, so that is something just to keep in mind that bad guys aren't going to go around the corner and hunker down. They try to put as much distance between them as possible. And a lot of times it's straight line if they can. Um, They'll go as as far as they can and then make a quick turn. Sometimes they'll make a quick turn right away and then go as far as they can. But the, the key is distance, put some distance between them and the victim and, um, hopefully get away. So being aware of your surroundings, I tell you all that so that you're not that person. Have a heightened sense of awareness when you're walking in the dark, when you're walking away from cameras or storefronts or other people or groups or things like that. Be cognizant of preoccupation. A great way to thwart a mugging of this kind, make eye contact. Stare them down. They don't want confrontation. They want a quick nab and out. They don't want to be identifiable. They don't want people who they think are going to give a good description of them. Lean forward. Be assertive. Uh, That's probably the best advice that I can give and that you should pass on to your families and loved ones. Let's move on to um, our home and talk about it for a few minutes. I've interviewed literally hundreds of of bad guys and have asked them, okay, why did you do this? What course of action was most important to you? Uh, Why this house? Why this time? Why this location? Things like that. And surprisingly, well, maybe not surprisingly, they have all been very similar. Again, they want high reward and low risk. Nobody wants to get caught. That's the bottom line in any crime. They don't want to get caught. So uh, many times they'll start out, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Simple. They'll start out uh, innocent. That's what it is. They'll start out very innocent. So door-to-door salesmen, surveys, whatever you want to call it, uh, walking down the street looking semi-official Maybe carrying a clipboard, maybe not. Going door-to-door is a great way to get your feet wet and to learn the lay of the land if you're looking, if you're casing somebody's house to break in. So, again, same thing. We drive through a neighborhood. 
All right, rookie, which house are you going to break into? Tell me how you're going to do it. Tell me how you'll get away. And then I would prompt them and help them and let them know what I have seen over the years. Uh, first and foremost, be wary of a person walking the neighborhood who doesn't belong there. Now, there's a difference between racially profiling, and that's not what I'm talking about, versus uh, heightened awareness. Somebody walking through the neighborhood, uh, maybe carrying a clipboard, I definitely give them a second look. I definitely make eye contact. And if at all possible, um, as a cop, I'm talking to them, right? I'm stopping and engaging them in conversation. As a homeowner and citizen, I'm making note of time, direction to travel, what they're wearing. In case that berg happens later on, I've got these notes jotted down that I can share with the authorities. Hey, I saw two white guys walking down the street. Uh, They were looking in cars. They had a clipboard and um, it just didn't seem right. We just, we don't get a lot of that here. And they were very uh, shady looking. So great information to have. If I'm a bad guy going to break in a house, I'm not going at night. You got homeowners are home at night. Contrary to what um, Hollywood tells you, bergs happen during the day when you're gone, when you're at work, when you're on vacation. It's pretty easy to advertise these things. Cars are gone from the driveway. Uh, Garbage cans have been left out for several days. Means you're not there. The mail's stacked up. There's a bunch of newspapers on the driveway. That's the house that I'm looking for. Blinds are drawn. Um, Lights are staying on 24-7. If I'm local to the neighborhood and I know that people are away from their house. Uh, I'm looking at cameras outside. I'm looking for a dog. Beware of dog signs. I don't want to jump in a backyard and get bit. Um, All these things. I'm looking for an easy escape route in case I do get spooked. What does the house back up to? Is it an alley? Is it uh, a drainage, a creek area, a roadway? Is there somewhere that uh, some way that I can escape quickly? Maybe stage a bicycle in the back of the house and then hop over and be gone with the goods. Um, these are all things that I'm looking at. I'm also looking, making note of garbage left on the front of the house. Is there a, um, especially around Christmas time, is there the Apple, um, the MacBook Pro or iPad box or big screen TV box sitting out front? Uh, Just letting me know what's inside this house now. Um, All great indicators to me as a bad guy looking for a place to um, break into. Once I've identified a place... Now I'm going to start getting my courage up to do it. I'll walk up to the front door. I'll knock. Well, first, let me back up. I'm going to the neighbors. I'm going to knock on their doors. If somebody answers, I'm going to make up a bullshit story. Hey, I'm just in the neighborhood conducting a survey on um, whatever. Pick your poison. I'm, I don't care. Nine times out of ten, people are going to say, I don't want to, I don't have the time. So I don't really need that much of a story. Um, or something as simple as, 
hey, my friend lost their dog. Wonder if you saw a white um, whatever running the neighborhood. No, sorry. Hope you find it. Okay, thanks. Well, it's not about the dog. It's about knowing who's home and who's not. So if I get two neighbors on each side of the place I want to break into that aren't home, even better. They're not going to hear anything, and uh, they're certainly not going to see anything. Next, I'm going to go up to the door and question. I'll knock on it. I'll give the same story if they answer. Um, I'm going to listen, see if there's I hear anything inside, any dogs, people, TVs, radios, stuff like this, power tools being operated. I don't want to surprise anybody because... That be a bad, could be a bad day for me as the bad guy. Um, so there's nobody around. There's no answer at the door. Maybe a quick peek in the window to confirm that. And sure enough, it looks empty. I can see all the way in because you left the blinds open. Removing that doubt and that fear and my, um, my courage is now built up. I'm going to find a way into the side yard or the backyard. Quick hop of the fence, even better, an unlocked fence. It's quiet and easy. In the backyard, I've got all the time in the world now. I'll check a couple windows, make sure there's still nobody there. Um, I can be as quiet as I want, picking a lock, which never happens. Don't kid yourselves. Uh, I can break a window. I can mule kick the back door, which usually aren't as strong as the front door. And once I'm inside, I've got free reign. Rummage through pick what I want, in and out, you can get a lot of stuff in 10 minutes. Time yourself. Enter your back door, rummage through your house, go to places you think there might be valuables, not where you know there are valuables, hit every room, and be out the back door. I pretty much guarantee you can do it in under 10 minutes if you're hustling. Out the back to your bike, you're gone. Um, let me finish with this cameras and alarms. Alarms are worthless. I'm telling you right now, an alarm goes off. It's the lowest priority for cops. 99% of the time they're accidental. They're false alarms. And sometimes it takes us hours to respond if we responded at all. So I would not rely on an alarm. There are alarm companies out there with active monitoring. They can tell dispatch if they hear people rummaging inside. Um, The only way that really helps is if we can confirm with the homeowner that nobody's supposed to be there. And even still, there's cases where it turns out to be just mistaken identity. No, nobody should be at my house. And sure enough, it's um, the in-laws came over, the family members stopped by, they knew where the key was at or something, and, um, you know, they pop in. Kids get home early, whatever. Teenage kids, you know what teenage kids do. Uh, So that's probably the only alarm I would really go with is if it's monitored and can um, notify homeowners and the police that this is what we're hearing. Uh. Camera systems are really good. I like the ring doorbells. Um, They especially, well, they have to capture, so they have to record. Active monitoring is even better. Uh, That deters a lot of crime. But remember the MO of these 
dirt bags. They go to the front door and ring it. If they want to appear um, legitimate, they're not going to have a hoodie pulled tight around their face so only their nose is showing. Um, so they don't want the public to see that. They want to appear normal and like a legitimate business person. So they're going to walk up, and if they do end up breaking in through the back or something, you've got good visual on them. You have uh, good footage. So those are great. That's usually where the first place a person would go to is the front door. Um, cameras elevated are good. However, sometimes they're put too high. So all you get is a uh, shot of the baseball cap, the top of the baseball cap they're wearing. Excuse me. And um, so I say that don't put them too high. They need to be ideally at face level. You don't have to protect the camera. Once they're on it, they're on it. They can destroy the camera all they want after that. Um, so I wouldn't sweat that too much. Multiple cameras obviously are multiple times better. Um, I like interior cameras. Some people freak out at that and I get it. But a shot of your uh, back door entrance coming in is awesome. Again, you can put that camera down at eye level. You can hide it somewhere. There's some great options for that these days. And um, that really helps the police out. Your neighbors are a great resource. Let them know where your cameras cover. After a burg, standard practice is for the cops to go door to door. Hi, did you see anything? Did you hear anything? This is what happened. Um, we, it's a canvas. We call it a neighborhood canvas. And part of that is looking at their cameras saying, hey, I noticed you have cameras. Do these record? Can you go back and look up this date and time? Um, hugely helpful because, again, the bad guy's not thinking about that camera across the street. And what yours doesn't pick up, theirs might. Uh, clothing, vehicles, bicycles, things like this, transportation, if they're with anybody, um, all that kind of stuff. The best case scenario, uh, if you have cameras that you can actively monitor, similar to the Nest camera system, it records, I think you have to pay a monthly fee, so, I mean, it's not bad though, it records and you're able to actively monitor it. You can set zones where if motion comes through that zone on the screen, it will trigger. Um, they're great. I, I really like them. Uh, reasonable, good quality, and have audio. So I would uh, highly recommend them. Finally, my final thought on cameras is please, please, please make sure your date and time is set correctly and know that it's set correctly. There's nothing more frustrating than having to sit and scroll, fast forward, stop, fast forward, stop, because the time isn't set right and you're having to do that math in your head. Okay, am I at the right time? And then without fail, you get interrupted and you have to think back, okay, where was I again? What time was I at on that? And all this stuff. So make sure your dates and times are set correctly. That, folks, about covers what I wanted to talk about today. Um, stay in that yellow plus, red minus zone. You will fare much better than the general pu public. Uh, 
And remember, you don't have to be the uh, Fort Knox on your neighborhood street in your your where you live. You don't have to be the toughest guy walking down the street. All you have to do is be a little more protected, a little more defensive than the person to your right and left. And sadly, that's what it's all about. Long live the Second Amendment. Thank you for joining in. I'm glad you're here. I appreciate any comments and feedback and uh, questions. I'm here to help. I've got vast experience and knowledge, and I would love to share it um, to help you and your loved ones stay safe.